Hey everybody, it's Andy. Welcome or welcome back to the Gwinnett Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, we would love it if you would take just a moment to download the Gwinnett Church app where you can have access to all of our recent message content as well as find out about what's going on around here at Gwinnett Church. And the app is the easiest way to share this content with a friend. Most importantly, however, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. So um, I was I was driving uh, down 85 the other day, which that was terrible. Um, but I was driving down 85 the other day, going to the airport. And um, if you've if you've done this before, you know like traffic is awful. Welcome to Atlanta. And um, and side note, uh, when you're driving in Atlanta traffic, do any of you that have the four Gwinnett things like do you ever just consider taking it off? You know what I'm talking about? Like, you're like, I know what this is going to do to me, and I don't want everyone else to attach me to that place. And so um, I, I leave mine on for accountability. You should too, you know? And so act like a Christian. So, but it, yeah, I was, I was in some traffic. And you know when you're like sitting in traffic for a while, and you just wonder like, what, what is happening up there? Like, what, what happened? Like, like, was there some accident and like, you know, like what was going on? And so we get up to the place where everybody's getting over a lane and, uh, and, and you're doing the thing where you, you, just, you have to look, you know, like what is happening over there? And I'm looking and there was a car that was going opposite the flow of traffic in the HOV slash Peach Pass, you know what I'm saying? Like that lane and the police were there and people were having to go around. And uh, one, I was like, how did you even do that? And then two though, as I'm driving past it, I was thinking to myself and saying to myself, uh, what were they thinking, right? Have you ever wondered that about someone else's behavior? Yes. Yeah, and all the honest people said, uh-huh. And, you know, like you look at someone else's decisions that they're making or the circumstances that they've gotten themselves in or the behavior that they continue to repeat or their reaction to something or to a situation um, or maybe just what they're wearing that day. And you think, what were they thinking, right? Now, we've all asked that about other people, right? You don't have to confess it out loud. In fact, you probably shouldn't. This is church. We're not supposed to judge, but you do. And so, but you've, th- you've thought that about other people. But then the question that I want to ask you though, have, have you ever, when looking at your own life, at your own decisions, at your own behavior, at your own circumstances, have you ever wondered or thought to yourself, what was I thinking? Um, I, I, was, I was in preparation for this. I was thinking about some moments like that. I've had plenty, right? But, um, but when, I was, when I was in middle school, uh, my parents decided that it was okay for me to get a BB gun. And um, I know some of you are like, oh yeah. So um, yeah. So my parents said that it was okay for me to get a BB gun. And my first one was, you know, the Red Rider, like you'll shoot your eye out kid, like that thing, you know? And then I upgraded after owning that one and being responsible with it for a little while, I upgraded to the one that you can pump for like ever, you know what I'm talking about? You can pump this BB gun, like there are some that you can pump it up so many times you could hit somebody in another country. You know, like it's, it's one of those BB guns. I got one of those that, um, and so I had it and the rules around my house with the BB gun were don't shoot other people, 
right? And I'm like, why do we even get this, right? Like, so that I don't shoot other people with the BB gun. Uh, the second rule was do not shoot the birds out of the bird feeder, right? And that was my dad's rule. My dad was like, I have all these beautiful birds. And so uh, he was like, don't shoot the birds out of my bird feeder or I will end you, right? And so don't shoot the birds out of the bird feeder. Don't shoot the neighbor kids. And then, and then the last rule was you need to put it up after you're done using it so that your brother doesn't get a hold of it, right? I have a younger brother. His name is Trad, T-R-A-D-D. And, uh, and my parents were like, hey, if he gets it, he's a little bit younger than you. He may not know and he may shoot his eye out, right? And so they were like, hey, make sure after you use said BB gun, you put the BB gun away. Check. I did pretty good with this for a while. And then there came a fateful weekend uh, where I did not do so well. And uh, here's what happened. So that weekend, uh, I had a friend over and my brother had two friends over. They were twins, Tyler and Travis. Trad, Tyler and Travis. This was really confusing. I was just like, hey, you. And so, um, and so I had uh, like my friend over and they had their friends over. We're out playing. Me and my friend are playing with the BB gun. We're setting up targets, all that kind of stuff. And uh, my brother and his friends are playing. And then it comes time for lunch. We come inside. I set the BB gun down in the garage right? Garage, basement. We go into the basement. And so go inside and we eat lunch. And afterwards I was fully intending to go back outside and continue playing with my BB gun. But I got inside and the air conditioning felt really great because Georgia summers, you know what I mean? And so I was like, man, we should just stay inside and play video games. And so we did. So me and my friend, we stay inside and we play video games. My brother and, uh, and his two minions, they go outside and they're like doing whatever and we're playing video games in about an hour, hour or so goes by, maybe longer. And we've been playing video games and my brother and one of the twins... Now, I don't know which one, I can't remember to this day, but they both looked exactly the same, right? And so they, this is Tyler and Travis. And so one of them, my brother and one of them comes running inside and they're out of breath, panting. <sighs> like something bad happened. And I was like, I'm my older brother. I'm playing. I'm like, shut up. You know, like, and they, they're, they're like, no, something bad happened. And I'm like, what, what happened? Why are you bothering me? Like, can't you see him with my friend? And so my brother's like, or the, the twin says, trad shot. Tyler or Travis, one of them. (laughs) Trad shot him in the arm with a BB. And I was like, no, you know that like, you're like, I forgot to put up the BB gun, right? Like, and now I'm in like full freak out panic mode. And I'm like, my parents can never know. And so I've got to fix this before anybody finds out. So I go into scramble mode. I run out, out of our basement area into the garage. And then there's like a little, my dad had like a shed built onto it. Um, and in there is this kid and he is whimpering. <laughs> I pull up your sleeve. He's got this little red, there's a hole in his arm, right? And I'm like, all right, like, what do we, and they're like, we didn't see the BB come out. And I'm like, are you guys kidding me? And they're like, we think the BB's in there. And I'm like, surely not. And they're, I'm like, how many times did you pump it? And my brother was like, a lot, a lot. And I'm like, no, right? Like what? And so I'm like, all right, all right. Uh, And now I'm in full on like mom can never know mode, right? And I'm like, we got to fix this. And so I tell my brother, I'm like, hey, you need to go upstairs and you need to get a book of matches. You need to get my pocket knife and you need to get a Band-Aid. 
And he's like, why? And I go, don't ask questions. You did this. And so I say, go upstairs and get it. So he runs upstairs. He comes back downstairs. He's got the pocket knife. He's got the book of matches and, uh, and he's got a bandaid. And so then I, because I've watched way too much television or my dad, let me watch way too many like horrible war movies. I begin to heat up the pocket knife. You got to sterilize it people. And I'm going to get this BB out of this kid's arm. I'm going to put a bandaid over it so that my mom will never know. And I won't get in trouble. And so I'm like, all right, here we go, dude. And the kid is like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm about to sit on your chest and stab you with this knife. And so I'm like, I'm literally on top of this kid with my pocket knife. My brother and the twin are crying. I'm like, why are you crying? I'm going to stab him. And so they're crying at this point. My friend who was over at my house, Jake, he's like, dude, this is insane. And I'm like, yeah, let's go. And so... I proceed to, I just, I mean, I didn't go full. You know what I mean? Like you, it might, it's probably not that deep, right? So I poke him with this pocket knife, right? And, uh, and now he's crying. They're crying. My friend Jake is like, oh, like I'm never spending the night at your house again. And, uh, and so I poke the knife in there and there's nothing in this kid's arm. And I'm like, dude, are you sure the BB's in there? And they're like, it's gotta be. We can't find it anywhere. There's, it's got to be in there. It might be deeper. And I was like, oh man. And the kid's like, it's probably not in there. And I was like, you be quiet. So then you guys, I was like, all right, here we go. Now at this point I'm crying because I'm like, oh God, I'm so sorry, kid. And so now, you know, I'm like, all right, we got to get this BB. So in the words of Little Wayne, I'm going in, right? Like, and so I'm like, oh, this, here we go. And I proceed to... Now stab this kid. This is the full stabbing now. I stab this kid in his arm and I get it in and I just, you know, I know some of you are like, oh, right? Like, this is, I'm just telling you, you know, and, uh, and sure enough, there's no BB in that kid's arm, right? So there was no BB in there and now I've stabbed him twice and now I've made the situation way worse, right? Like it looks way worse than when we started. It was just like this little red BB hole and now it's a stabbing. And so like, we're like, whoa, what just happened, right? And at that point now we've got to get parents involved and I've got to tell his parents, I'm so sorry I stabbed your kid. And so... A band-aid was not going to fix that one. And I can remember, right, after the entire event, like sitting in my room that night, right? Like just, you know, obviously Jake didn't get to spend the night. And so, um, yeah, there was, there was no spending the night. You're going home immediately. You can never own any kind of weapon ever again. And so like, so uh, after that, I remember sitting in my room and I was just like processing what had happened that day. And I thought, what was I thinking, Right. Like, what was I thinking? What was I, why did I think somehow that that was going to fix the situation? And how did I somehow think that my parents' punishment was going to be worse than wounding this kid in our basement, right? Like, what was I thinking? Chances are, one, you've never stabbed your friend in the basement uh, with a pocket knife, but chances are, two, you've probably asked yourself that question, though. In regards to a decision that you've made, a circumstance you find yourself in, uh, a behavior that you have repeated, chances are you have found yourself in the situation and you have found yourself asking, what was I thinking, right? You had busy day the next day and you stayed up way too late. 
And while you're driving in to work, you're like, what was I thinking? Staying up so late. You are scrolling on your phone and you told yourself an hour ago that you needed to put it away. And then you're like, all right, I'm just gonna, you know, just this one more post, this is one more thing. And then you've wasted now two hours of your time and you find yourself, oh, what was I thinking, right? You, you knew that they weren't really that good for you and everybody told you that they weren't good for you, but you dated them anyway because they're so cute. And then you think to yourself, what was I thinking? You told yourself that was gonna be the last one, but then you're reaching back in the bag for another one. And then the bag's empty or the box of cookies is empty. And you're like, what, what was I thinking? You knew you'd hit your limit, but you poured yourself another one. And now you're waking up the next day and you're asking yourself again, what was I thinking? You told yourself last time was the last time and now you're at the next time and you're asking yourself, what was I thinking? It sounded too good to be true and it was. And now you're asking yourself, what was I thinking? Chances are you've asked yourself that. In one area of your life or another, you have asked yourself that. And to be honest, right? Like funny thing is, it's, it's a good question to ask. That's a good question to ask. What was I thinking? That's, I would say that's an essential question to ask, especially if you wanna grow and get better and, and to make progress in any area of your life. A good place to start is by asking that question, what was I thinking? Because you guys know this. When it comes to your thoughts, your thoughts, they determine your decisions and then your decisions determine the direction of your life, right? And so what you think about is a really big deal because what you think about in your head always works itself out through your life, right? Um, Ralph Waldo Emerson, the famous American poet and author is credited with a quote uh, where he said, hey, you sow a thought, you reap an action. You sow an action, you reap a habit. You sow a habit, you reap a destiny. And the idea that he was getting across there was if you trace back somebody's life and the life that they built, it traces back to the the thoughts that they thought most frequently. He says, you can trace back through their decisions and through their habits and through uh, the life that they've built all the way back to some thoughts that were in their head that they held on to the most. Solomon, known as like the wisest man that ever lived, he said it more succinctly in, in Proverbs. He said, as a man thinks, so he is. Or if you want to go King James, as a man thinketh, so is he, right? And the idea there is just, hey, like you, your life is moving in the directions of your strongest thoughts. And so the thoughts that you entertain the most, they're going to affect your decisions. And so that's a good question to ask. What was I thinking? Because what you think about what you think about yourself, what you think about your situation and your circumstances, what you think about others, what you think is possible, even what you think about God, or even more importantly, what you think God thinks about you, what you think, it's shaping who you become and it's determining your decisions. This was an important question for us to ask. What was I thinking, right? Because those thoughts are going to control the direction of your life. And so if you want to change, 
If you wanna get better, if you wanna grow, if you wanna get unstuck, if you wanna make progress in any of these areas of your life or with your life, if you want a new direction in life or in an area of your life, then you need to think about what you think about. If you want your life to change, it starts with changing your mind. If you wanna be more confident, you wanna be more honest, you wanna be more selfless, you wanna be more generous, you wanna be more courageous, you wanna be more wise, it starts up here. If you wanna be less, less selfish, you wanna be less afraid, less anxious, less angry all the time, you wanna be less duplicitous, you wanna be less foolish, you wanna be less impulsive, then it starts with stopping to think about what is happening up here in between your ears. What you think about is a really, really big deal, especially if you wanna grow and get better and change. You see, life change, it begins with mind change. Life change begins with a mind shift. I'll push it a little bit further. Life change actually requires a mind shift. And that's what we're talking about in this series. That's what the whole series mind shift is gonna be about. We're focusing on how do we actually change the way that we think in order to impact and change the way that we live. And so today, this is not a new, obviously like this is not a new idea. This is an original to me. This is something that has been taught and studied all throughout for hundreds of years. And it even goes all the way back to something that the apostle Paul taught uh, to some new Christians living in Rome in, in his letter that we call Romans, he taught on this idea. And so what we're gonna do this morning as we're kicking off our series together, we're gonna take a look at what Paul says here to these, these new Christians living in Rome uh, about how we can actually experience true and lasting change. And it starts up here. And so we're gonna look at this, but before we get there, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna give you a little context for Romans. Uh, like I said, uh, Romans is written to new believers in Rome. Rome, the center of the ancient world, the capital of the Roman empire. And it had this massive collection of people from different backgrounds, different socioeconomic statuses, different cultures, different religions that are all gathered in Rome. And then following the resurrection of Jesus, word gets out that there's this person who rose from the dead. And so uh, word of his resurrection and then also of his teachings, it gets out, it begins to spread, it explodes into the ancient world, right? The message of Jesus, the gospel of Jesus, it explodes, especially amongst marginalized people, people that are downtrodden, people that were thought of as less than, people that were enslaved, like it blows up amongst those people because all of a sudden this message about a God that gives and loves and serves, that sees value and dignity in all people and invites all people to come to him, not based on their own merit, but based on what he has done for them, that message begins to explode. It's so attractive, it's so appealing. You mean I don't have to work really hard to get God to like me? You mean it's all about what he's done for me? You mean it's about grace, not earning? That's incredible. And so that message explodes on the scene and it makes it its way all the way to Rome. And when the message gets there to Rome, people start putting their trust in Jesus. They begin to follow Jesus and they have this newfound faith. But 
They, like I said, they come from all these different backgrounds. And so they have this newfound faith, but it's mixed with all this old behavior and old patterns and old ways of thinking. And that's all getting mixed in. And so now these people, these Romans are trying to figure out how do I live this new faith in the midst of my old mindsets? And so Paul writes to them in that context. And and y'all, I can relate to that. Anybody else? Anybody else? I I remember in my 20s, that's when I I started to follow Jesus and take all this stuff seriously. And as I did, uh, I was excited about my newfound faith. But I had a lot of old mindsets. And I had a lot of old patterns of behavior and a lot of old like habits. And so I had this new faith, but then I went back up to the University of Georgia and I didn't really have any Christian friends and wasn't really sure about what that meant. And so I found myself falling back into, even though I was so excited about following Jesus, I found myself going back to the same old things that I was doing before. And so I had new faith, but old patterns. I had new faith, but old thinking. I had new faith, but I had some stinking thinking. You know what I'm saying? Like I was like, yo. So I found myself stuck in the same old sins, old struggles, old habits. And that's who Paul's talking to is people that are trying to figure that out. I got this new faith, but I got these old beliefs. I got this new faith, but I got these old habits. I got this new faith, but I got this old mentality. And he writes to them to talk to them about how true and lasting change is possible. And so that's the context that we're looking at. So this is in Romans chapter 12 and we'll be starting in verse one. And so let's just take a look and and see what he has to say. So he says, therefore, and we've learned this before here. When you see a therefore, you got to find out what it's Therefore, that's right, exactly. So therefore, so he's setting it up. He said some things before this. Actually, he said 11 chapters worth of things before this. And he's talked about all the things that God has done for us in Christ. And so he's setting all that up. He's, he's about to teach us how we change, but it's not in order to get God to love us. It's in response to God's love for us, right? And so you gotta get that first, right? Like we change and we transform, right? Not to prove something to God, but we do it out of a response of gratitude for what God has done for us. And so he says, therefore, after everything I just told you, he says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, that's, the, that's what I've just been explaining. He's like, in view of God's mercy, because of all the things that God has done for you, he says, I'm urging you, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is true and proper worship. So he's writing to them and he's like, all right, hey, in light of everything God has done, in the way that he's loved you, in the way that he laid himself down for you, invited you, adopted you, welcomes you into his family. He basically says, hey, so in light of all of that, he says, live different. That's this whole like offer your life as a living sacrifice. He's like, submit yourself to God, trust him, follow him, do what he says. He's like, live differently. To which they're like, yeah, that's what we're trying, right? Like, that's what we're trying to do, right? But, but he says, hey, look, like, like the natural response to believing and trusting what God has done for you is that your life ought to begin to look different. He's like, your life should, should look different. Actually, the most reverent thing, I love that he talks about it in regards to worship. He says, he says hey, the most reverent thing you can do for God is to submit your life to him, to trust and follow him with your life, your day in, day out, like everyday life. He says, that's the most reverent, worshipful thing. 
more than singing the songs here at church. And we love to sing the songs at church more than raising your hands, double spiritual. You know what I'm saying? Like more, more than raising your hands during worship, more than your perfect church attendance, more than however much money you give. He's like more than any of that. He goes, the most reverent thing, the most worshipful thing you can do is submit your life to God and actually live and love like Jesus. He's like, that, that is your true act of worship. Worship is a lifestyle. It's not just a moment where we sing three songs. And so he goes that. So he's like, so in light of everything God's done for you, he's like, live differently, like actually follow him. And they're like, yeah, I know we're trying. How? Well, he's not done. He goes on. He says, so here's how. He says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. He says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He says, look, if you want to be different, if you want your life to look different, if you actually want to like live this thing out, he says, then don't conform anymore. And the idea of conform, the imagery there in the Greek is, is like being molded to. It's like, uh, like if your kids like have Play-Doh and they have the stuff that are like, you know, and then it's all on your carpet. And so, um, yeah, that's PTSD. So, but, but they have the molds or, or if you have a cookie cutter that's shaped like a little gingerbread man or a star or whatever holiday that you got, you know what I mean? Like, and so he's like, it's the idea of like being pushed into a mold. He says, don't be conformed. Don't be molded to the pattern of this world. Don't, don't live like, act like, think like everyone else, not even the way that you used to. So it's not just like a, don't be like them. It's also like, don't be how you used to be the pattern of this world. Don't, don't live the way that you used to live, act the way that you used to act, think the way that you used to think. Don't, don't, don't get stuck in the same worries, the same fears, the same debts, the same doubts, the same division as everyone else or as the way that you used to. He's like, don't be pressed into that mold. Don't be shaped by that anymore. He's like, don't, don't conform. He says, but instead, he says, instead be transformed. Be the, the word there is metamorpho. It means to change. It's the idea, the imagery there that, that is called to mind is like the, the caterpillar in a cocoon, then transforming metamorpho into a butterfly in the sky. I can fly twice as high. It's in a book, reading rainbow. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I know children of the nineties were like, my guy, Lamar, you know? So, so he says, Hey, don't, don't be conformed. Don't be molded by the way of thinking that you've always been molded to. Don't be shaped into the way of thinking that you've always been thinking like. Don't be shaped by the way that you used to think or the way that everyone else around you is thinking. He's like, don't be pushed into that mold, but instead be transformed. Allow yourself to be changed. Both of these are passive. These happen, right? So you're not, you're not gonna transform your life, but the Holy Spirit will transform you. He says, but here's how, and this is your part to play. This is how you can control whether or not you're a conformer or a transformer. Optimus Prime, you know what I mean? Like everybody wants to be Optimus Prime, not the gingerbread man, right? So, so he says, this is how you're not conformed, but rather you're transformed. He says, your part to play is this. He says, by the renewing of your mind. He says, this is, 
This is how real change happens. He says, if you want to change your life, you've got to change your mind. He says, you, you, you have to change the way that you, you think. And if you can think differently, you could be different, right? He's like, so, so this, is, this is how real change is actually possible. This is how you can be transformed, be made new. This is how you can leave old patterns and old ways is by, is by renewing your mind. And if you will renew your mind, if you will, as the New Living Translation will say, change the way you think. That's, what, that's how it interprets renewing your mind. If you will change the way you think, you think, then the Holy Spirit will transform the way you live. So then if you do that, if you renew your mind, then it says, then you'll be able to test. That word test and approve is really one word. It's like discern. Then you'll be able to discern what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. He says, look, God's got actually a will for your life. And it's good, as in the opposite of bad, as in pleasing, as in if you walk in it and you discover it, it will bring you satisfaction. And then perfect, not that everything in your life will go perfectly if you walk with Jesus. That's not the promise. Perfect means that the plan that God has for you is tailor-made for you. It's the plan you would pick for you if you knew everything God knew about you. And so Paul says, look, you can be different. You can be changed. You can be transformed. You don't have to conform, be pushed into the mold of the way that you used to think. You don't have to stay there. You can be transformed, but it happens through the renewing of your mind. You change the way you think and you can actually change the way that you live. And if that happens, if you're transformed by the Holy Spirit, then you can begin to discern what God's will is. You can learn to discern what it is that God's called you to do and who it is that God's called you to be. You can be different. He goes, that can happen for you. But it happens through the renewing of your mind. So how do we renew our minds? How does that happen? I think to answer that, you got to go back to the question that we, to start, you've got to go back to the question that we asked ourselves at the very beginning. What was I thinking? God bless you. What was I thinking? We got to start there. And listen, we've got to start there and we've got to ask ourselves that question, but We can't stop with just asking ourselves the question. Listen, you've got to actually push through and you've got to answer that question. Most of us have asked that question and then repeated the same behavior, right? Most of us have asked ourselves that question and then we went and dated the next person that was just like the last person. We went and purchased the, the, the thing that got us into the same debt that we were in before. We, we went and did the thing that, that caused the behavior. Like we've asked, what was I thinking? And then we went and did it again. So it's important to ask the question, but it's even more important to answer that question. Many will ask the question, what was I thinking? Few will answer it. Which is the reason why you end up in the same pattern of behavior and you find it difficult to change. Because if you, if you think the way that you've always thought, you will continue to do the things that you've always done. Shout out to Andy Stanley for that, Jim. If you think the way that you've always thought, you will do the things that you've always done. So you need to ask this question. You need to say, what was I thinking? But you need to answer it. You see that word renew? The reason why that's so important that we begin to address that is because that word renew, the word there, it, it means actually that 
the word renew means to restore. Has anybody in here ever restored something? Furniture, old car, anything like that? Yeah, no? Nobody's handy? You're just like me. Okay, cool. Um, I know, I, I have never actually either. I've never, but I've seen it happen. Uh, my wife, she actually does it, right? So she's the one with the power tools, right? I'm just the one with the checkbook. And so um, she, she loves to restore things. She loves to be handy around the house. And, um, and I don't, I don't like doing any of that. And so if you think less of me, don't judge my journey. And so um, <laughs> this is not my thing, right? Like I don't, I don't really like to do that. And so, um, but, but she likes to do that. And so she's restored a few things. She, she's restored some dining room chairs and brought them back to life. There's like an old dresser that she's restored and refinished and all that kind of stuff. And uh, something that we learned while we were, while she was restoring some of these chairs and, and dressers um, we, we, she did the first chair in our dining room and then she was like, gosh, that was so time consuming. I wonder if I can just paint it without sanding it. You know what I mean? Like, I wonder if this paint is like just good enough that I could just paint this chair and then it will just be that color. And, uh, and she did that. She painted the chair, the next chair, after she did the first one the right way, she did the second one and she painted the chair. And then uh, every time like we grabbed it or moved it, the paint just came off, Right. Like it just started to peel off. And the reason why the paint like peeled off is because you, you have to strip away the old before you can apply the new. And in the same way, you guys, if you want to renew your mind, you have to address the old before you apply the new. And so you have to ask and answer this question, what was I thinking before you can apply a new way of thinking. The reason why so many of us fail to follow through or fail to experience real and lasting change is because we try to apply new behaviors and new habits on top of old thinking. And what you will do is you will ruin the new with the old way of thinking if you don't strip away the old. And so what we've got to do is we've got to be willing to ask ourselves and answer the question about that area of your life where you feel stuck, where you want change, where you want something to be different. You've got to be willing to ask, what was I thinking that got me here in the first place? And then you've got to answer it because you cannot renew what you will not address. You cannot renew what you will not confront. You cannot renew and put something on that is different without first stripping away what was old. And so if we're going to renew our minds in order to experience transformation in the area of your life where you feel stuck or where you, where you find yourself going back to old patterns, you've got to ask yourself the question. You owe it to yourself to do this. Ask yourself the question, what was I thinking? But don't just ask it. Push through to answer it. What? No, really, what was I thinking? And do the hard work of heart work and of mind work and answer that question. Now, here's what I know is that that sometimes on our own, we struggle to answer that question. Some of you have been in an old way of thinking, in an old pattern, in something that is, it's now, you've been in it so long, you've thought that way for so long that you don't even know where it came from. You don't even know when it started. You don't even know what lie it was that you believed or what statement it was that you clung to or what caused that whole like, at what event caused that pattern of thinking. And so you have a hard time even going back and discovering what it is that you were thinking. You just know that that's what you think. And so in order to help you to dig into that and to identify it, you might need someone to come alongside you and to help you out. 
I mean, you might, you might need some counseling, which we have great counselors that, that would love to help. And so if you need a referral to a counselor, you might need some counseling. That's what a counselor is there for, to help you, to ask some questions that you don't even know to ask. We've actually got some, some renovate curriculum. You can do it as a small group. You can read through it as an individual. You can get that. You can go through it. Gives you some great questions to ask. We've got Renew Mentors. We have so many people that are going through Renew right now and learning to renew their mind that it's actually backed up, right? There's a wait list. So if you wanted to do it, there's a wait list for it, but it might be worth it. In order to strip away the old so that you can begin to then apply the new, but you can't apply the new yet until you first address that old. So how do we renew our minds? Well, first we ask ourselves the question, what was I thinking? And then we get the answer and we dig in. And that takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. But I'm telling you, it's worth it. Now, after you address the old and you can strip some of that stuff away, then, then it's important. If you're gonna renew your mind, it's not just strip away the old, but then the next step is to apply the new. And to apply the new, the, what the apostle Paul would invite us to is to discover what it is that, that God thinks. This is the new that he's inviting us into. He'll say it many times to, to know the mind of Christ, to think on things which are above, right? Like the things where God is, he, he's like, hey, like, like, like if you're gonna renew your mind, you strip away the old, but then you gotta ask another question, not just what was I thinking about that, but what does God think? That's the next step. That's the shift, the mind shift away from what you were thinking or what the world was telling you or what the enemy was telling you and towards what God is thinking. That's the shift. And so we ask then the second question, if you want to renew your mind, it's first, what was I thinking? But the second is, what does God think about this? What does God think about me? What does he think about my situation? What does God think about my circumstances? What does God think about this area where I'm struggling? What does God think about my finances? What does God think about my relationships? What does God think? And the way that you discover that, there's a couple different ways. You look to the scriptures, you read in there, he makes a lot of his thoughts very clear right here on the words of, these, of this book and on these pages. So you dig into the scripture, you look and see what God says about it. You, you, you pray and you meditate, you ask God about it. And then also you can go to wise people around you, which is what we were just talking about. You get some wise, godly people around you. Chances are there is someone in this room who has renewed their mind in an area where you're still stuck. That's the beauty and the power of community, right? So you lean into another relationship and chances are they've gotten some revelation or they've learned something about what God says about that, that they can share with you. And maybe later on, you can pass it on to someone else. And in this way, we learn what God thinks. And then the final step in renewal is you identify what you think, why you thought that, where that came from. You learn what God thinks and then you align your thinking with his thinking. You align it and you go, okay, God, I'm gonna submit 
living sacrifice. I'm going to submit my way of thinking. I'm going to adopt yours. And in that way, I'm not going to be a conformer. I'm going to be a transformer and I'm going to pick up your way of thinking. And this is how our mind is renewed. And when we do that, when we leave our old ways of thinking and we pick up his way of thinking, when you see things the way that God sees things, when you see yourself and your situation and what's possible and your purpose and your potential, when you see those things through the lens of what God sees and you begin to think like him, then Paul says, then you're transformed then you can be different. Then things can be different. And this is how that process of transformation works by the renewing of our minds. And that's the part that we have to play. We think about what we're thinking about. We address the old. We ask and we seek God for the new. And then we align our thoughts with his thoughts. And in so doing, the Holy Spirit begins to transform our lives. And then you can be different. And then you can have lasting change. And then the change can stick. You guys, uh, this is a process that you will have to do again and again and again. Renewing your mind takes time and it happens over time. So this isn't like just something that's like, all right, so go out this week and then come back as new creations. Let's go. See ya, butterflies. You know what I mean? Like that's not, this takes time. Renewing your mind takes time, but I promise you it's worth it. There is a life that God has created you for and a person that God has created you to be that you can discover. It's possible. You don't have to stay stuck and you don't have to stay the same and you don't have to stay in those same habits and those same patterns and you don't have to keep going with that same stinking thinking. You can be different. And it happens. The transformation process happens when we begin to take ownership and renew our minds. And then we trust the Holy Spirit to do what the Holy Spirit does, which is change our lives. And y'all, I had to do that this week. I'll, I'll share this with you, how I've applied that this week. And then we'll pray and we'll get out of here. But I had to do that this week. Um, I found myself ah, in some old thinking, some old mindsets. And it was in preparation for this. It's funny the way the Lord does that. In preparation for this message, um, I got to like middle of my week, y'all. And all I could think about is how... Um, how every one of you would rather hear from Andy Stanley than from me. You know what I mean? And I was just like, he's way better than me. What do I have to offer? I have nothing to offer. I have nothing to say. Like, I'm just going to, and then Andy's going to come and say something awesome. Everybody's going to be like, all right, see you when Andy's preaching. You know? And I'm like, oh, right. And I found myself stuck. And I was like, where is that coming from? And I had to trace it back. And it was just, it's just a lie that I've believed. And I've said it to myself a lot of times, a lie that I'm not good enough, that I don't have what it takes. And I had to look at that and I had to go, well, what does God think about that? That's what I'm thinking. What does God think about that? And I was reminded of what Paul writes in Ephesians, that I am God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works and that everything that I need to do what he's called me to do, I have in him and that I haven't been called here to impress you, but I've been called here to help you. And so I just got to get up and be obedient to him and he'll take care of outcomes. And so, and so in that way this week, I just had to renew my mind and that's what it looks like very practically. You address the old. What am I thinking? Where did that come from? And then you ask God, what do you think about that? 
And then you get your thinking in line with his thinking. And then your mind can be renewed and then your life can be transformed and the Holy Spirit can actually change you and put you in a new direction. You don't have to stay stuck. You don't have to stay the same. You can be different. Things can be different. That situation can be different. But it starts with renewing our minds. If you wanna change your life, you need to renew your mind. And as, as we're saying throughout this series, listen, life change, life change requires a mind shift. And for a lot of us in here, it is time for a mind shift. It starts with renewing our minds. So this week, think about what you think about. Ask yourself the question and look for the answer. What was I thinking? And then seek out and ask God, God, what do you think about this? And then ask the Holy Spirit to help you to align your thoughts with his thoughts and you can be transformed and we can be different. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you care about who we're becoming. You desire to transform our lives, um, to take us in new directions, to help us to get unstuck, to break free, um, to experience life and fullness. Uh, You have plans for us that are good and pleasing and perfect that you desire us to walk into. And so I pray that you would help us, help us not to uh, stifle a new life with old patterns, with old thinking. Help us to do the hard work of hard work, to ask ourselves the hard question and to be ruthlessly honest with ourselves. What was I thinking? Where did that come from? Do I like the direction that that thought is heading? And then help us to seek you out, find out, discover what you think and what you see. Because if we could see what you see, then we could really be different. And so would you help us? And then by the power of your Holy Spirit working in us, would you help us to align our thoughts with your thoughts so that we can be transformed? We love you. We trust you immensely. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.